welcome everyone. It's five o'clock and this is a hearing for uh, the nominations for the Milwaukee County Historical Society landmarks. And just to give you a little background, this is uh, the Milwaukee County Historical Society has had a landmarks committee since 1974. And we have more than a hundred landmarks that are re registered on our website. And I invite all of you to go to our website to see those different historic sites and places in our community. It's a very, it's a very wonderful thing to have built upon all these years. So today we have three nominations. And first I'm going to introduce the committee. Uh, my committee, I'm Diane Buck, and uh, my committee consists of Mary Reed, Kurt Koning, Kevin Abing, Mark Knapp, <laughs> and, and Randy Bryant, and in absentee is Sandy Ackerman today. So that's our committee, and here's how this works. We welcome nominations, and if you think that there's uh, a site that you think would be uh, eligible for a historic designation in our county, please look and make sure it's not already on our website, and then you, it, the website tells you how to make a nomination. And so when, once that is done, our committee goes out, we look at the sites, and we determine whether we think that it is worthy for uh, a, a continuing to a what we're having today, which is a public hearing. So the, there are three nominations we're going to consider today. The first one, I will tell you, is a nomination of a building site in North Milwaukee. It was a North Milwaukee fire station and village hall located at 5151 North 35th Street in Milwaukee. This was submitted by Brian Rott, who is a, from the Cuisimodo Physical Theater. Is Brian here today? Yeah. You are? Good. Well, Brian, we're very sorry that we didn't find you there at the site when we visited. Um, and I, I appreciate the, the uh, good photographs that you submitted. And I will pass these photographs out. And people can take a look at them if they would like. I think my committee has already seen it. Um, we were disappointed that we could not enter the building. We found the, the outside of the building very good, uh, very interesting, and in its historic um, statement. But um, since we could not see the inside, I'm afraid that our committee voted to put it on side, on the side, and ask you if you would tell us a little bit more today about the inside and then we would visit you again at next year when we have the next, uh, the next nominations. Do you want to say something about the inside or would you prefer that we waited until next year? Um, I, I, 
I can talk about the inside right now. Okay. And as people uh, are asked uh, to uh, speak, they may just stand and speak uh, so that we can move along. Go ahead, Brian. So um, the, the building, the North Milwaukee Village Hall and Fire Station, was built in 1900 as the police station, fire station, library, municipal building for the village, which became the city of North Milwaukee. And inside, as it is right now, um, there's various remnants, um, including the double-hung windows on the back um, of, the, uh, of the building, and trim, and um, various pieces from when it was a municipal building and a fire station. There's also remnants of the prison, that, the, the, like the little cell that, that was originally there that was the, um, with the police station, which was converted into uh, a safe room. Um, and, and yeah, and it's, it's our goal to embrace all the original characteristic features. Um, we're working with a development, a historical developer, to find the original plans and restore it to how it was back when it was a, a fire station in City Hall. Good, very good. Do any of my committee members have any questions for Brian? Is it uh, used now? Are there any tenants in the building? There are not. So, um, so we purchased the building um, earlier this year in April from the city of Milwaukee. And um, our project is to turn it into a center for arts and education on Milwaukee's north side called the North Milwaukee Art House. Um, and making the historic preservation, one of the top priorities, um, utilizing historic tax credits. It could be an arts center for um, the, the community's youth and adults, and uh, there'll be a theater there, we'll do workshops. Um, it'll be great because there's no, in that area, there's no arts. <coughs> a local arts hub. Of any kind, so it's pretty exciting. Are you currently operating a, um, uh, a community art center anywhere else, or this is this going in there? Um, so I'm from Quasimondo Physical Theater, and um, we've we've had a our, our last location was at the shops of the Grand Avenue. We ran a place called Studio G, which was also a, a center that uh, presented, held workshops, um, and conducted you know, various arts and education related programming around the city out of there. Um, and this was the result of two years of searching, looking through different buildings, finding something that found our needs, and we fell in love with that building and with the community and have been working with them, um, with the neighborhood and the local Villard Business Improvement District over the past 10 months um, to put the plans together to, to make this a reality. Well, uh, Brian, uh, then would you, uh, in Brace the idea that we would come and visit you next year and uh, we could uh, go through your nomination again and visit the interior of that building because at this point we, we are not familiar with that. So mm -hmm. if that's all right? What I can say is that the, the exterior is by, by and large what has been preserved. Yes. Um, we had the, the historic tax credit or the, the, the gentleman who's in charge of historic tax credits from the state perused the building and the interior 
outside of some of the windows and a few of trim pieces doesn't have as much of historical significance as the exterior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the guests would be open for you to visit next year. All right. So um, could I have an, a motion from the committee uh, to that? Uh, Kurt. I move that we consider this site for next year and make sure we can get a chance to get inside. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All right, very good. All right, thank you very much, Brian, for coming today. Thank and you. you, thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know your name. <laughs> uh, this, I'm going to move on to the next, which is the nomination of the building uh, for that houses the Women's Club of Wisconsin. It is found on 815 East Kilbourne Avenue. The architect was George Bauman Ferry, and it was done in 1887. This nomination was submitted by uh, the Women's Club member, Mary Ann Beaumont, who unfortunately cannot be here today. Uh, our committee visited the site. It is a very historic piece, and I'm going to pass around to those that are here. Uh, a whole book that has been written on this very building. So luckily, uh, although Marianne cannot be here, the president of the Women's Club is here, and I'm wondering if Joan would like to say a few words about the, the building or not. Thank you, Diane. So I'm Joan Bruce, and I am the current president of the Women's Club of Wisconsin. As Diane said, the building opened in 1887, although the club formed about 10 years before that. Um, the building is um, sort of an Italian Renaissance style. Um, it is on the National Registry of Historic Places. And the Women's Club, it was um, built as a Women's Club. It has continually been operated as the Women's Club. And in fact, the Women's Club of Wisconsin is the longest continually operating Women's Club in the US. So I am obviously very much for this nomination. Yes, and when we were doing our research, I noted that this is the one of the only uh, women's club where the, there was a stock uh, issue of, to the members, so they could raise the necessary monies to, to make this uh, building happen. And it's wonderful to consider that it's the oldest women, women's club in the United States is here in Milwaukee. Um, does anyone have any questions about this? All right. Would one of the committee members say uh, a few things, or would you like to make a, a nomination for it? Okay. All right. Uh, Randy will nominate that the building uh, of the Women's Club of Wisconsin uh, be accepted by our committee to move on to the board, which meets next very soon. And then uh, the, then they will, if they approve, there will be a marker put on that building, and they will be invited to uh, an event uh, in the spring of next year. Uh, any, anyone else want to say anything? So. All right, so our committee all already agreed that this is a wonderful uh, nomination and we're forwarding it to our board. All right, good. 
And now the third nomination. This is a, a nomination for a Milwaukee historic event. It is a sad uh, nomination because it's of a lynching, a lynching of George Marshall Clark in 1861. This event happened at the northeast corner of Buffalo and Water Street, as best we can figure. Um, Kevin Abing, one of our committee members and staff members, did some research on this. And I would invite Kevin to come up and just say a few words about this event as a historic event. Can you see me? <laughs> you know, sure. Here. Um, I uh, came across these uh, uh, transcripts of this trial for James Shelton about, oh, I'd say about 15 years ago. And, you know, this was a story that I had never, ever heard of about. And I thought at the time that this it would be one, you know, that should be told and encouraged a couple of people, you know, to write an article about it. And unfortunately, you know, nothing ever happened. But then with, uh, you know, with the commemoration of the civil rights marches in 1967, 68, I thought this would be a, a good opportune time to tell this story uh, about this tragic event. Um, you, know, you know, race relations in Milwaukee, as, as you no doubt know, I mean, it's been mixed at best. Um, and in this early period of Milwaukee history, you know, you see the good, um, see like in, in 1854 when uh, a group busted into the county jail and freed a runaway slave, Joshua Glover, and helped him escape. Of course, then you also see the bad and the ugly, which was this lynching of uh, George Marshall Clark, um, who really he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, he wasn't the one that committed the crime that, you know, that, uh, that the mob thought he did. Uh, but like I said, he was the one who was just there and eventually he uh, ended up being um, hanged at, uh, on a pile driver that was on, on Buffalo Street. Um, and needless to say, you know, this event had a very chilling effect on Milwaukee's black community. I mean, uh, uh, several people thought it's time to go. And, you know, and, and Milwaukee's black population really, it, 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 it took a while before it recovered. Um, but it endured, and thankfully so, and it's you know, still very much a part of, of the city's history. And so I, I wrote this article uh, that was in our most recent uh, history magazine because I thought it was definitely, it was a story that, that needed to be told. And so um, I'm glad to see that this effort kind of snowballed into this, uh, into this nomination for landmark status, and um, I hope it's, it's approved by the committee. So I don't know if anyone has any questions or anything. Thank nope. you, Kevin. And okay. by the way, Kevin is our archivist and uh, takes care of the library. And he's a very important part of the Milwaukee County Historical Society. And I thank you for that very good article. So as I'm going, I think there's several people that want to speak. And uh, before they, they be, Speak. I want to say that there has been one 
uh, note that has been sent of someone who cannot appear and they would like me to read that out. So if you, for, I hope you don't mind. This is from Ann Jefferson for our consideration. She says, I am a resident of Wausau and in Marathon County, but this historic and moral significance of the lynching of Mr. Clark in 1861 reaches far beyond Milwaukee and Milwaukee County. It is important to our state and our country that this landmark be created. The fact that thousands of lynchings of black citizens in the United States took place is still not known by most Americans. Unlike other countries, the U.S. has swept this dark side of our history under the rug. We have chosen to tell only one part of our past. The landmark is also, an, is also important because many of us live in the North and have long assumed lynching took place only in the South. This has given us license to look down upon Southern states and wash our hands of any responsibility to educate ourselves with the facts of history in the North. It has allowed us to walk away from being accountable for what took place in our own backyard. The good news is that a more complete truth of our country's history is finally being told in a number of places throughout public memorials. On a national level, the Equal Justice Initiative in Montgomery, Alabama recently opened the Peace and Justice Memorial, which memorializes over 4,500 black people who were lynched between 1877 and 1950. A separate legacy, legacy museum details the racial terrorism and injustices that have occurred throughout our country and still occur today. On a more local level, our neighbors in Duluth, Minnesota have created a comprehensive public memorial for Elias Clayton, Elmer Jackson, and Isaac McLee, who were lynched there in June 15, 1920. Public memorials, markers, and ceremonies continue to be created in many states as many more communities realize the importance of public truth-telling about lives taken by racial, racial terrorism. These events need to be acknowledged and the victims' lives honored. By creating a landmark in memory of George Marshall Clark, and the facts of his lynching, Milwaukee County will have stepped up by choosing not to look away from this history any longer. I hope you will lead the way in helping our state give respect to Mr. Clark, respect he should have had in 1861. Thank you for your considerations. Signed, Ann Jefferson. I don't know Ann, but she wrote a very nice comment. All right, so some other people are here and would they like to make comments? Uh, we are open for that before we, uh, before we. I, okay. I would like to make one comment. Sure, stand um, right would, up, stand right up. Sorry, right, okay, I'm, I'm a, my name is Andy McKenna. I'm in a, involved in a loose coalition of people from the ACLU and the American Black Holocaust Museum. Um, a number of us went to the Legacy Museum in Montgomery last month, 
and um, we are in touch with them, and they would they said that they would finance a pillar like the ones that they have at the Legacy Museum in Montgomery to commemorate this event also, which would be separate from the Historical Society plaque. But um, I was pretty blown away to learn that we had had a lynching in Milwaukee. And I, I agree with the letter writer that this is something that has to be commemorated. Thank you. Thank you very much for your comment. Others? Yes. Um, Give me your name, please. My name is King Rick. I'm the leader of the original Black Panthers of Milwaukee. Ah. I think it's important and imperative to make this landmark a part of our community. It is a part of our sore past, but it needs to be a part of our effective future. These issues need to be brought to the forefront. We all need to unite as one to make sure that lynching, whether it be physical or mental, does not continue to happen. We know Milwaukee is the most hypersegregated city in the United States. We know Milwaukee is one of the most racist cities in the United States. You've got a sprawling downtown area with over a billion dollars of infrastructure, but in the inner city you have crumbs. And we need to make sure that we not only address that issue, but pay homage to Mr. Clark and his family for what was done. We know he was dragged out of jail by a mob, he was beat up pretty badly, and then hung from a, a structure. You know, that's our sword pass. We need to deal with that. We also have to pay homage to that. We all have to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So we're here to support that action. We've also visited the uh, memorial in Duluth. We've been there. And it's, it's very touching to see it. And it's very emotional to see it. And we need that kind of action here in Milwaukee because Milwaukee does have a sword pass. And the only way to deal with it and understand it is to bring it to the forefront and make sure that it doesn't happen. So that's why we're here to support that. Thank you very much. Those are good words. Yes. Hi, my name is Reggie Jackson. I'm the head griot for America's Black Holocaust Museum. I've been involved with the museum since uh, the summer of 2002. The museum founded by James Cameron, who at the age of 16 survived another northern lynching in Marion, Indiana. He started America's Black Holocaust Museum here in the city of Milwaukee in 1988. Uh, the physical museum stayed in business uh, until 2008 when we were forced to close because we ran out of money during the Great Recession. Uh, but there's been a small group of us that have been working tirelessly to continue Dr. Cameron's work to honor uh, the mission that he started to make all of us as Americans aware of this, just as, as King Rick said, this sordid history that is left out of too many of our, our history classes because we don't know about these things. We don't really understand why we have racial issues today. And I think uh, memorializing um, Mr. Clark's life in this way will go a long way towards the city, kind of getting to the place of, of not just talking about these things, but leading that path of repair. Because that's what we need. We need to repair the damage that was done. Uh, we can't bring Mr. Clark back, obviously, but it's important for us to do what the, the nation of Germany did to honor victims of the Holocaust all over the nation of Germany. You can't go any place without seeing memorials to the victims of the Holocaust there, whereas here in the United States we have very few, and even when we try to have them, it's always a very, very difficult journey to create those, and I think some people think that we do it uh, to kind of raise this, this you know, uh, kind of uh, an argument about our history and make people divided, but it's actually doing the exact opposite. 
Uh, we're in a time now, I think we're in a critical time in American history where we're beginning to see more people come together across racial lines to have these very difficult conversations, to learn more uh, about these types of issues that have happened. And I think here in Milwaukee, I think we're the poster child for segregation nationwide. We're the poster child for racism and disparities between blacks and whites. And I think a step forward for us is to re-educate ourselves about the city's history. We celebrate Joshua Glover and the rescue of him in many places throughout the city. But this, this event with Mr. Clark's life has been left out of our history classes, our history textbooks. And I think as we move forward, as people in the city become aware of this, uh, I think that it'll, it'll do a lot to actually bring people together to have conversations about these specific issues and help us move forward as a city that Dr. Cameron wanted us to be. He talked about uh, us as a society being one single and sacred nationality. And that's what we have to build towards. So thank you so much. Very good. My name is Fran Kaplan, and uh, I coordinate America's Black Holocaust Virtual Museum, which is a 3,200-page website, 3,200 exhibits on American history and contemporary events. And uh, in, when we started in 2011, we, the very first exhibit that was put up was a memorial to the victims of lynching um, with about 2,000 names. And we sought the life histories of those people, not just information about their deaths, but who they were in life. Um, and we're still seeking that. Uh, so <laughs> in addition, uh, the museum has sponsored Founders Day in February for the last, uh, well, for about four years to honor Dr. Cameron's memory. And the last Founders Day that we had in 2016, we uh, brought people from all over the country who are working in racial repair and reconciliation through the acknowledgement of these kinds of uh, terror and traumatic events. The country is ready for this. It's been working up to this. I have to say in my lifetime I haven't seen this happen to the extent that I see it happening now. Our Founders Day event was attended by more than 500 people. Milwaukee is ready to make a change. The, the reason I think that this is important uh, it is not just to have a designation and to have a monument, though I'm very, very happy that EJI wants to send us a monument. And I'm hoping soil collection and sending the soil there for the museum will be part of that as well. But you know, one of the reasons I think this is really important is because it is a way to generate the conversations that we need to have. It's a way to acknowledge, I mean, there's. A, this is a very complicated history, and I'm, I'm really grateful to Kevin and others for writing about this history. For instance, this lynching occurred on the anniversary, one year anniversary of the sinking of the Lady Elgin. There may be a relationship between that. Now the marker for that is a block away from where this marker is. 
Why is that important? Because it's about a new immigrant population, the Irish, who were upset because they lost huge numbers of people. So there was a trauma in the Irish immigrant community that may have been part of what generated this. Not that it was always necessary to have a trauma to generate a lynch. But in this particular case, there are a lot of kind of very interesting details that are still relevant to today in our city, to asking the question, who is safe in Milwaukee? Who can be well in Milwaukee? What happens when not? What is the relationship not just of uh, people of color and white people, but of all the new groups that come from all over the world? How do we relate to each other in a, in a humane way? And bringing this landmark to attention, I think, is an important step for our city in acknowledging all of who we are and all of what we've been. I'm not going to be so graceful as the, my two uh, speakers. Yes, I, want, I want to say that I'm, I'm for the monument. I'd like very much to see the total story told. Uh, and the Lady Elgin and the Irish community is a big part in it. Uh, these, the fight between the, t the two men, uh, Sheldon and Marshall Clark, and the two Irish men is all reflected to what happened. Uh, and, the, and the decision for the Irish community to go to Chicago and raise funds, uh, and the ship, sh ship sinking, the lack of leadership on the part of the Irish community uh, is the excuse that Irish leaders give now for their justification for Lynch and Marshall Clark. The impact that it had on the African-American community was breathtaking. It had tremendous, I mean, he just simply touched on it. People ran away from the city with, because they felt lawlessness. They felt no protection. They felt left out. Uh, that story needs to be told, the total story, not just simply this is the spot in which Marshall Clark was lynched. Who lynched him? Good. Very good. Right. Yes, in the back. Uh, yes, my name is Art Heitzer, and I'm speaking today as president of Milwaukee Turners, which we believe is the oldest continuous civic organization in the city. And we are very honored to be located on what we believe is the newest avenue in the city. At 1034 North Bellar Phillips Avenue. Uh, the Turners were active in the abolitionist movement. We, in 1911, erected a monument within Turner Hall. Over 20 of our members who gave their lives to end slavery and to protect the Union. And uh, a number of our members were also active in the planning the movement to free Joshua Glover, for which, as we all know, there is a marker in cathedrals, what's now Cathedral Square. So um, we believe that's important just as it is to recognize times when people of all colors, including white people, banded together in large numbers to challenge the worst forms of racism, such as the freedom of Joshua Glover. It is also important to recognize times in our history when groups of white people succumbed to the most virulent forms of racism so that we can learn all aspects of our history to prevent such acts from happening in the future.
Thank you. Thank you for your work. Yes. Hello, my name is Karen Mitchell. I'm here because I had to be here. To know that this is happening, it is great. I applaud those who were instrumental in making this a part of the agenda for tonight. I hope that it doesn't linger, that it becomes a reality because it's long overdue. Mr. Clark, in my estimate, was the Black Lives Matter issue of 1861. He died as a result of his skin and his skin alone. That should not be the case then or now, but it continues to be. Everyone wants to think about the good and shiny parts of Milwaukee, as was said by others, with what's going on in downtown Milwaukee, Third Ward, or wherever else, or even think about what's not far away from here, the Fonzie statue, right? It's in walking distance. And then think about the good old happy days of this era. You know, we have to make reconciliation with the not so good days of Milwaukee as well. And giving proper honor and respect to Mr. Clark and what happened to him is one part of that process. The opening, the gentleman said in the opening, it took a while for Milwaukee's black community to recover from that. I don't believe the black community in Milwaukee is fully recovered from that. The conti that continues. The sting of that lynching here in Milwaukee continues today with some of what's been said before about the hypersegregation, all the negative demographics and disparities that the black community face links back to that. I was a former docent at the America's Black Holocaust Museum. Very respectful of all that Dr. Cameron did in this community to try to raise awareness for the struggles that he experienced in others. As was said, in all due respect, Mr. Dr. Cameron, his situation happened in Indiana. This happened here in Milwaukee. A mentor of mine calls Milwaukee, often refers to Milwaukee uh, as a Selma of the North. And that's true in so many ways. People would be floored to think that this happened in Milwaukee. And I wonder how many people really know that this indeed happened in Milwaukee. It cannot be buried, it cannot be swept under, swept under the rug. It has to be a story, as Mr. <coughs> Excuse me, Claiborne said, Claiborne Benson said, it has to be told. That full story has to be told and has to be told with integrity, authenticity, not just the you know glossed over version of it, the hardcore details of it. We, there has to be reconciliation, as others have said in this country, but not just in this country, in Milwaukee. This is a part of that process. So I'm fully supportive of this and will be willing to do whatever I can do to make sure that this happens. has been enough said, and I'm going to stop for just a second, that um, when we say we want to tell the full story, I'm going to suggest that some of you who are really interested in the full story, that you write up something and, and submit it to the Milwaukee County Historical Magazine or publication that we have. And that would be a good way to express the full story, and I think it's, I'm with you completely that it, the whole story needs to be told. I, I agree with you completely. And, yes. If I can just add one thing. Yes. Um, first of all, it's great to see all of you here, and uh, this, is the, this is a step in the right direction. But the one thing that everyone has to walk away with, this is not the only lynching that occurred 
This is the only documented lynching that occurred. It's, it's important to understand that. And it's, under, it's also important to understand that there were certain things in this country that were okay. It was okay to hate blacks. It was okay to hate Jews. It was okay to, uh, for many different things. And people turned their head because it was okay. We're saying today that it's not okay. And so I applaud my committee for taking the step to even, and taking the risk to even make the nomination. Because I do feel the time is now. We can't turn our heads the other way. We have to look forward. I was down at the Emmett Till, um, uh, the courthouse where he was uh, uh, found guilty. And um, I was giving where the trial occurred. Mary was there with me. And the people there, they said, how could this happen? What, are the, what were those people like? I said, they were like you. They looked mm -hmm. like you. So stop looking elsewhere for the answer. The answer is here. We have the ability to resolve this right now. We have the ability to improve race relations right now by telling the truth. This is the first step. So we, it was unanimous on our group in order to move this forward. And Diana, let you take it from here. All right. Thank you very much. Um, our uh, executive director who has something to say too. Um, the common theme I've heard through is that people want to know what's happening next. I know Diane will bring this now up for vote, but if you do want to be kept up to date on not just this nomination, but um, all three, we would be happy to, um, we have a piece of paper here, it'll be over here on your exit. Please give us your email and we will make sure to send you updates um, when uh, our Landmarks Committee will be in November, which is when we officially uh, bestow the Landmarks nomination, or um, Landmarks, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, Nomination. Nominations, yes. So um, it'll be over here um, on your exhibition. And I'd also like to tell you that um, when we looked at the site, and Kevin explained how it was uh, near a pile driver, well, maybe that the most, uh, the most correct place might have been on the Riverwalk, but we felt there weren't enough people on the Riverwalk. We want to make a statement, and so we chose this place. It is the northeast corner of Buffalo and Water, and there is a bump out there right outside the smoke stack, shack? Is that the smoke, shack. smoke shack? Okay. And shake 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 okay so it means that if we are going to place the, a marker a good marker there we will have to go through some county or and city uh, I don't know whatever the government tells us we have to do but we will we'll take that forward so um, I is there anything else that anyone needs to say here Oh, what, some, one more person here. My name is Lisa Jones, co-chair of Red Racism Milwaukee. One of the things that I'm, I'm ready for, everybody else is here, I'm ready for healing. I am really ready for healing. And for me, that is just a, a, a good, this is the first start of many, 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 many steps that, that needs to happen. And so that's one of the things that that I am hoping for. I'm glad that we have, you know, a diverse group of folks uh, here, which is which is really good, um, and that goes to tell you how how much 
we are yearning, we are spiritually yearning for this to happen. And I would like to be able to have some place. So when I have grandchildren, I'll be able to say, this is it. I'm looking forward to going to the lynching museum. I'm looking forward to these things. They are going to be painful for me to go to, but for my own process and healing needs to be done. And it, also too for healing, white folks need to be healed and purged of racism. Let's be honest. And so that needs to be shed and so that we can once and for all get to the beloved community and we can be free of racism. Thank you. Thank you. Our committee now will uh, go ahead and we will take this nomination and uh, we have passed it in our committee and we are going to take it to the full board next month and then what will happen is that it, once it's passed we will begin to do the permits we need etc to place a good sized uh, landmark designation and so I'd like to wrap this up by saying I thank you all for coming out today. Thank you. Yeah.